Oh, good morning, church. Good morning. It is so good to see all of your faces here today. Um, I want to welcome you to Crossroads. Um, we're going to be missing Don Capo, the famous Don Capo today. Uh, but we want to celebrate with you. We are going to be worshiping and praying and contemplating on the sweetness of our friend Jesus. Um, before we begin, if you have not checked in your children yet, um, there we have two kiosks in the back and a team of ushers at the door who would be happy to help you check in your children um, for Kids Church. And as well, we will be taking communion today. So if you can gather your elements, um, we have we will have a team up front during communion, but also elements at the back if you'd like to take those at your seat. And if you're online, we want to welcome you today too. You're a part of this space and this service. Um, and so we invite you to gather your communion, um, bring your children into the room, whatever that might look like for you. Um, and let's, let's get it going. in our gut around injustice, you, oh God, are giving us the ability to pray alongside you today. And so we hold all in your loving presence. Creator and redeemer of all things. Amen. 
so I think that's one of the things that um, when I hear people say, in Jesus' name, amen, that I want to say, slow that down just a little bit. And let's, let's, let's remember that we're not, we're not just invoking a tagline, right? But if we could take in the name of Jesus like there's a relationship. In the beginning was the relationship. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the relationship. You are here today because you are in relationship with God. Thanks for that song, Closer Than My Skin. Never heard that one before. And, um, you know, when we can remember that, when we're feeling far from God, that God is closer than your skin. So go ahead, touch your skin a minute. Right? Yeah. You are the place that God inhabits today, even in whatever condition you're in. And so if we would in jesus name pray there might be a different texture to our prayers or a different way of looking to god so i'm loving this series we're in on relationships we've had to watch all online first week we were at a wedding the second week we were up in relationship with the kiddos scott and i got to hang out with them and then take a three-hour nap afterwards it was awesome and uh, so if you're having trouble sleeping, you have insomnia and stuff, come serve in the kids' church because you will sleep like a baby afterwards. And, um, and so it's wonderful to be in relationship with you, with your family. Um, so this is why we pray prayers of the people. And so anyone who wants to bring their prayers up, feel free to do that as we get ready to pray because um, we would love to... Be in the name of Jesus with you around what you're carrying. Those prayers that you're holding up. I've already heard this morning about brothers and children and sisters in the hospital. I, I've gotten to hear about the things that you're carrying today. So when I ask you, how are you, I'm not looking for fine. I'm actually looking for how are you today and who are you holding today? And how can we pray together? So please bring your prayers, because when the people of God come together and pray, um, you know, when you hear the name of your friend in the great congregation, there might be something that happens in you. Jesus said, if I could just get two of you to agree with anything, you can't believe what could happen, right? Like there's something about sharing the names of people we love together that great things happen. Uh, we were with Hannah and AJ the other night and they were talking about, um, or maybe it was something you wrote, Hannah, I can't remember, it was something you preached. I don't know. It's all, it's all going together. But how when young people discovered they could pray for something, yeah, it was about your time with InterVarsity. And when these college kids found out that they could pray and then things happened. Has anybody ever had something happen when they prayed? Yeah. Sometimes it's something that happens in you. Sometimes it's something that happens out here. But we want to pray in relationship with God and each other. And we'll take communion together, too, because this is a way to say that these elements of communion, bread and wine, 
we are in God. So some people say, well, is there really the presence of God in communion? And we like to say, if you're present, there is. Right? I mean, if I just drink this down like my mid-morning snack, maybe not. But if I am remembering Jesus, and you asked me to do that today, AJ, to remind us to say, Jesus, we remember you. So think about this for a minute. Have you ever seen, um, well, Scott's dad was an amputee, and he had his leg removed, right? When he got back to heaven, his leg was remembered. His member came back, right? And sometimes when we say, Jesus, we remember you, sometimes we felt cut off from God. But when we come and we're present to the presence of God, we remember. And there is a reuniting with God in ways that is really beautiful. And even if you don't feel cut off, you are remembering your love. And so on this day, friends, if you would just remember with me, if you've ever heard of the table that Jesus sat at with friends the night he was betrayed and took bread and broke this bread and he said take this all of you and eat this is my body given for you and every time you eat remember and so together friends can we say Jesus we remember you supper was ended, Jesus lifted up the cup and gave thanks and he said, take this all of you and drink this is the cup of the new covenant my blood will be shed for you and all people so that sin will be forgiven and every time you eat remember and together we say Jesus, we remember you. Can we pray the prayer that Jesus taught us? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory now and forever and if you'd like to pray this body prayer with me it goes like this in the name of the father and in the name of the son and in the name of the holy spirit one god welcome to come and partake of communion being served or at the back if you'd like to take your communion by yourself come on can you lift up a praise and thank god for the goodness of god in your life all through the years and in the future the goodness of god amen 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 come on think of a thing you want to say thank you god yeah. <laughs> thank you god i was thinking about a prayer i was praying that god answered
altered like 42 years ago, and I'm praying it again for the same person in a different way. And it just, I just, because we sang that song, I thought, oh my gosh, that happened 42 years ago. God can do it again. Yes. So give someone a high five or a hug and say, God can do it again. He can do it again. He can do it again. <laughs> yes. Now I'm curious. Claire and I have been married 42 years, so I'm going to have to ask her what that, what that might have been about. Anyway, good morning, everyone. It's so good to be together, whether you're online or you're in the room. Just the goodness of God, the generosity of God. Have you ever felt that way, that God's goodness is running after you? What a beautiful, powerful uh, thing to just think about for a minute. God's generosity in our life, God's goodness in our life. Claire and I talk about it often. Um, we, we have kind of challenged one another and others to say, try to outdo the goodness of God. And uh, it just won't happen, but give it a go. Anyway, um, so we're going to receive our offering right before we're going to release the kids in a minute. Um, but one of the things that we think uh, as a church is a very important question for any church to have is, uh, if we weren't here, would we be missed? And um, Claire's already mentioned this morning, there's already been, just think about what's already happened in this room this morning. People have been prayed for, we've worshiped together, stuff that's happened online, we've taken, we've broken bread together, um, we've encouraged one another, there's folks that have walked into the room that have deep needs, um, they have sensed the presence of God, there's some of us that are in a season of celebration and we've had that privilege, we've been able to connect with one or another around faith. And we know as a church that Crossroads is such a vital presence on planet Earth. Yes. Amen? Yeah. So because of that, because of that, we do things like we receive offerings and we give and we give as generously as we can. And I just want to encourage you guys because sometimes the offering, it can be like how communion is or the songs can be like those other elements or sending your kids upstairs can just feel like, you know, this is just part of, we just do that thing. Like Claire says, kind of rush to the end of the prayer and say in Jesus' name. So let's just be, let's just be um, present to the goodness of being able to offer resources to have a significant influence on planet Earth as a church. You guys have done over the years remarkable things. Um, so we're going to receive the offering, we're going to pray, but around that, I want to mention just one thing that I know is important to all of us. Tomorrow will be food pantry, and Peggy, yes, yes, which um, this, this room will kind of turn into a grocery store. Peggy and all of those of you that volunteer with teens and all of those of you that work and help out during the month do just amazing work, and we're all familiar with the fact that... Um, it has gotten more difficult for those uh, in every situation that are trying, don't have a lot of margin when it comes to their finances. So the needs are uh, maybe gr as great now as they've ever been in the last 32 years. We as a church, uh, we've watched this. We've had a food pantry almost from the beginning of the church. Uh, I remember days when we were able to purchase food for the pantry because 
what happens essentially is the church buys the food uh, from the food bank. You probably are familiar with the Southwest Michigan Food Bank. We buy our food from there. I remember when that food was 14 cents a pound. Um, but it has gone up like your groceries have gone up. It's gone up astronomically. So to give you an idea, uh, we used to average somewhere around 90 families a month, somewhere in that area. Right now it's probably about 50 when we consider um, our emergency needs that happen during the month. And the amount that we pay is more than twice as much than when we were feeding twice as many people, households. So it's really gone up. So we wanted to bring that to you guys. So we, we have these cards um, that will be passed out. Stacy and Kelly and I think Kathleen have these. These are, this was an idea that came up in our staff meeting. This is a, like a refrigerator magnet and there's some more information on a sheet for you. Um, but this is what we're asking. We want to take, we want to receive the regular offering, but we want you guys to consider helping out with that uh, substantial difference with the pantry. That together, because we do make a difference, and food insecurity is a very real thing, and we want to help our community and our region. So we, we reach into the whole county with this. Um, so we want to, to kind of up our game. Uh, it's been a long time since we've talked about maybe giving extra help. So what we're asking is, um, a few things. One, just keep giving into the offering, regular offering, but we're asking you to consider in addition to that, if possibly you could pray and say, we want to help a family or an individual be able to eat and be a little more secure when it comes to food and that resource. So this refrigerator magnet, um, you'll notice the months of the year, and then it says pause, pray, and share. What we're asking is if you put this on your fridge, First of all, to pause when you see it. When you go into your own fridge, just remember to pause and consider those that don't have as many resources possibly as you or others have. And that might include yourself. Pause, consider those folks, pray about them, which is the next step. Pray for those in our region and in our church that have deep needs, not just food needs, but deep needs. It'll be a moment. Think about how many times you go to the fridge in a day, and you can share this with your kids, too, and then share. We want to ask you guys to share the need uh, that we have in the region, but share our resources. So to give you an idea, about a dollar a day feeds a household through our food pantry, about a dollar a day. So if you gave up your uh, McDonald's coffee, unless you're a senior citizen, I think you can do that for a dollar a day. We used to say Starbucks, but you could feed six families on Starbucks. <laughs> but a dollar a day, you can pay for what it costs us to take care of a household of folks. Isn't that a beautiful opportunity for all of us? So God, we pray. We pray for abundance in the house because we know that Crossroads Church is a spirit-breathed presence. We know that it's not just about us. It's not just about what happens in this room. But we know in this region and actually in other parts of the world, Crossroads Church is talked about as a unique presence. And God, we want to be faithful to the invitation on our lives. Help us to not only receive and be run down by your blessings, but help us to help other people see that in their lives. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
so let's receive the offering, and uh, if you want to give anything extra uh, for this on this day, uh, you can just put that in the memo of your check if you're writing checks. If you're online, there's a spot for the food pantry where you can put uh, what you would like to give to that. But let's give generously and with a cheerful heart. And now, God, we bless our children. We pray, God, that our children would go so far beyond what we could imagine, ask for, or think. As parents and friends and, and teachers and coaches and as a community of faith, we bless them today. We bless our teachers. We're so grateful for them. We ask that they'd have a phenomenal time together in Jesus' name. Amen. Kids, God bless you. Have a great rest of your Sunday morning. Well, good morning, everyone, and glad that you're here. Uh, if you're brand new today in the room or online, we'd love a chance to connect with you. And uh, you can scan this QR code if you're online and or in the room. Or you can stop by Next Steps, um, the kiosk in the back over there. We'd love a chance to meet you, give you some info about the church, and uh, see if there's anything we can pray with you about today and this week. Um, also, I wanted to let you know what's going on this week. Um, first of all, I have to apologize. We ran out of magnets for the food pantry. So if you didn't get one, um, we'll make more this week, and you can stop by the Next Steps kiosk, and we'll get those for you next week. Um, food pantry is tomorrow night, and so if you'd like to volunteer, you can arrive anytime after 5 o'clock, and Peggy will show you what to do. Um, also, if you are in need of food assistance, you can just arrive at 5.30, and we would love to provide food for your family. Um, also, after service, if you have a few minutes, we're going to clear this room and get it ready for our grocery store tomorrow night. So if you can spare a few minutes after service, we'd love that. And when you walked in today, or if you're online, um, we have some awesome summer great-togethers that are being offered as part of this series, a way to connect with each other, get to know some new people, and maybe try some new things in community. Um, so in the foyer is a table with all the sign-up sheets. Um, some of the events are starting this week, and they're sprinkled throughout the whole rest of the summer. Or you can go online or scan the QR code to get the list and sign up online if you'd like to do that. Um, some really exciting things. If you like sports, we've got that. If you like cooking, if you like just hanging out and talking, going out on the lake, a bonfire, um, so many amazing things and amazing people that are hosting those events. So I hope you'll consider um, being part of one of those this summer. Um, and this Saturday, guys, we're having a men's breakfast. So if you'd like to join us for a free breakfast and some awesome time together, you can um, join us at 9 a.m. And you can sign up online so we know how much food to make. And that is what's happening at Crossroads. What's up, Crossroads? It's good to see you all this morning. I'm here to talk about family relationships. And to me, that's the most important one. Now, we may feel differently on certain things, and that's fine. If we all thought the same way, well, life would be pretty boring, honestly. Um, one of the phrases I've always loved is, family is power. It just really resonates with me. There's a lot of strength behind that. I am fortunate enough to do what I do in life because of my God-given gifts. And my family has always been there to support me and encourage me and push me to do better because they know that I can. And I can't express how grateful I am for that. And it reminds me a lot of the church. I've been here as long as I can remember and probably even before I can. Uh, if I see one of you out and about, more than likely I'm going to give you a wave, a head nod, or I might come up to you and give you a hug. That must be a really good day. But 
I might be thinking about something. I might be struggling with something. I might just be having a down day. You might feel the same way. But that simple interaction really changes everything for me. A light bulb may come on. Uh, I may have a good laugh, and it may make me forget about my problems that day. My church is a lot like my family because it's encouraged my relationship with God as well. I walked away for a really long time because I didn't even know what I was going to church for, what I was learning, what I was taking away from it. And that's super common. If you're coming more than likely and you don't know why, you don't know what you're here for. But just like myself, my family was there to encourage me. And this family is here to encourage you to continue your journey with God. And when I came back, it was there with open arms, just like a good family. There's always these different definitions of family. There's blood relations, you know, maybe a foster family or friendship. Whatever it looks like, those are positive relationships. And that's what makes a really good family, in my opinion. I love seeing you all here. I love knowing that our family grows a little bit more every Sunday. And just remember that no matter what, your family's always going to be here for you. And I can't wait to either see you afterwards or see you next Sunday and give you that simple head nod, hug, or maybe we share a laugh. It's good to see you all here at Crossroads. Woo. Thank you, Isaiah. Thank you, thank you. Um, I love hearing the parallels between family and church and the ways that Isaiah is able to talk about, especially since your family goes here and you've been coming a very long time. This is like family. And um, today we're going to be talking about forgiveness. And I've had some opportunities as a parent this week to practice forgiveness as my kid skips a nap, right? As I go through these stages of realizing I feel hurt, I am frustrated, I feel like something has been taken from me, but I choose to love you <laughs> anyway. We're going to be talking about forgiveness in small ways and large ways. Um, because this summer we're talking about what it means to be great together. And um, we started by talking about how when we remain in the love of God, we don't have to go get it. We don't have to prove ourselves. The love of God is accessible to us when we remain. But as we remain, we follow the command to love each other because that's always what God is doing. God is always loving our neighbor. So as we remain, we flow into our communities and love one another. And last week we talked about how Jesus had this indirect invitation as he very personally invited each of the disciples to follow him. There was an indirect invitation that you're going to be with these other 11 people a lot. And so they must have had these wild relationships with each other where they over and over again were bearing witness to the amazing things that Jesus was saying and doing. And to be able to look at somebody else and say, is that really what just happened? Is <laughs> an important part of following Jesus. And we talked about how difficult it can be to share enough of ourselves, to take the time to know enough about other people, um, and then to seek God together. Like that is a lot of vulnerability, um, to be able to share ourselves, know each other, and seek God together in honest ways. It takes time, it takes intention, um, and we hope that we can be the kind of community that doesn't have a bunch of people having individual experiences with Jesus, but that we are sharing an experience of the same Jesus together, right? That we can bear witness to the things that God is doing in our lives together, because it's more powerful to not have to rely on just the experiences in my life where God is showing up, but to be able to learn and love. We don't learn to love in isolation. 
Um, we learn to love by watching other people and by loving other people with other people, right? Um, so if you haven't caught on, we're talking about our relationships with other people. <laughs> and um, as we think about forgiveness today, I want to start with this question of how do we become more forgiving people in a more forgiving community? Because I think, um, as we talked about last week, it's vulnerable to show up in a group of people. More and more we know the dysfunction that happens in organizations and in institutions, and it just feels like, why bother, right? Because when I show up in an organization, my, not only might a person hurt me, but there's all of this other stuff going on that has the opportunity to hurt me. And um, what really I think is important about Christian community and the vision of the church, I love that we're clapping, <laughs> that's amazing, <laughs> um, is that we are a forgiveness community. Forgiveness is central to who we are. Forgiveness is central to why we follow Jesus. Um, knowing that we are forgiven and starting in the place of remaining in our own forgiveness allows us to multiply forgiveness into the world in ways that people don't understand because forgiveness doesn't feel logical in any way. And I don't know about you, um, maybe forgiveness comes really easily to you. Like AJ, forgiveness is pretty easy for him, I would say. Um, I'm a big time scorekeeper. Like I <laughs> keep records of wrongs and I have to work really hard not to. It is my invitation to rely on God to erase these things <laughs> that I naturally write down in my head over and over again. As a kid, I always was in drama at school. Like I had two best friends and I always thought they were better friends with each other than with me. And so I was always like thinking of the things they did for each other that and I'm over here and just the mess <laughs> of um, needing to learn forgiveness. And I remember talking in Sunday school about like, well, you just have to forgive them. Or talking to my mom and she knew like, you really need to just be the bigger person and forgive them. And so I learned to perform forgiveness, right? To include, um, to pretend that everything was fine <laughs> and um, nothing was fine. Like I was still holding on to my resentment my record of wrongs was still there. When they did something else, I felt the same exact way as I felt before. Um, because the reality is, is forgiveness is not a destination, it's a journey. We have to stay in relationship with some of these people after we forgive them. Like with my son, like I, it's gonna be a lot of times <laughs> that I feel like I've been hurt by this person. <laughs> um, and I want to be the kind of person who can seek transformation instead of just seeking to look like I'm doing this act of forgiving people. Um, because we don't have time to just continue to return to the same hurt. And the invitation of Jesus to forgiveness, I think, is so unique um, because it's not just what we should do, um, but something he wants to offer us in healing and transformation um, in so many life-giving ways. And so um, I think it's amazing how Jesus teaches forgiveness through beautiful questions um, he asks things and we're like, oh, it's not on the outside that makes me unclean. It's what's inside of me <laughs> that makes me unclean. He tells captivating stories and parables that makes us rethink where, what our role is. Um, Jesus makes meaningful invitations um, to think about things differently. But most of all, the way that Jesus teaches us forgiveness is by spending time on earth, right? With these 12 people, sometimes 5,000 people by walking together, by knowing that there is someone who will betray him, and by feeding him anyway, by loving him anyway, right? Jesus shows us 
um, through the life that he lived, what forgiveness looks like. And one of my favorite stories about forgiveness <laughs> that Jesus um, shares is in Matthew 18, 21 through 22. It says, then Peter came to Jesus and asked, and I feel like we can all identify as Peter, but I definitely feel like I identify with Peter. Um, Peter says, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister if he sins against me? Up to seven times. And in my mind, Peter has forgiven someone six times. And he's coming to Jesus, and he's like, do we have to do this again? And I just, like, feel myself deflate when Jesus answers. I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. But that's the reality of relationships. Last week, we watched a video of um, Shane and Jessica Gray and Kathleen and Sean talking about 20 years of being in relationship. Um, And I think it was Shane said, um, Kathleen and Sean know something about staying, right? And this idea of when we stay, um, 77 might seem like a low number, (laughs) right? The number of times that we forgive each other is a journey. Um, And so I want to talk a little bit about how do we move from performing forgiveness, because I think one of the hard things for me with that was it made it sound, my mom always made it sound like, and my Sunday school teachers, because I wasn't capable of abstract thinking yet, right? So um, it's, it's a, like, even if you don't feel it, do it. Right, and forgiveness is one of those things um, that our feelings like actually really matter, um, and we can't force ourselves to feel the forgiveness. We have to long for it. We have to ask God for it. We have to petition and want together to see transformation. It's not something I can just choose to do um, and pretend it happened. And so today we're going to talk about what does it look like. Um, to pause, to slow down, to not forgive too soon, um, but to seek the transformation that Jesus is offering in um, forgiveness. So my definition of forgiveness for today is releasing yourself from resentment and releasing other people from the debt that they owe you, right? Like there's this two-part thing um, that like forgiveness is for us, but it's also for the other person. Um, And when we try to force this releasing, we find that our body resists sometimes. We find that our heart can't keep up with the process. And so what does it mean to be able to identify where we are and still seek to move forward? I think it's incredibly important. Um, I was reading a Franciscan reflection on forgiveness yesterday, and it talked about how um, specifically forgiveness cures anger. Forgiveness sets both us and those around us free from sin. Forgiveness draws us together into the heart of God. And I love that language of being drawn into the heart of God. Judgment cements things around us. Forgiveness sets us free to be able to seek new life together. So in the book, Don't Forgive Too Soon, there is an incredible um, reflection on how the five stages of um, like grief, or as someone approaches death, that Kubler-Ross put together, are actually reflected in our ability to forgive. So there are these five stages in forgiveness um, that we kind of move through. And I want to acknowledge that forgiveness um, is not just a everything goes back to normal. Forgiveness is a I am going to protect myself, and I'm going to invite the other person to see the ways that they might be oppressing or hurting me, um, and I'm also going to release these things, right? And so um, as we talk about forgiveness, the goal is not to go back to where we were, but to move to a new place where human dignity is acknowledged, 
my dignity and the dignity of the other person. Um, So I want to acknowledge that as you think about where you are in forgiving someone, this might be like a really intense trauma. This person might have done something really, like the thing that might be coming to mind for you might be really significant. And for some of you, the thing that comes to mind to you might just be this person who has bothered you for 12 years, right? Like it might just be the little things that have added up. Um, So I'm going to As I mentioned earlier, I moved through these five stages when my son refused a nap this week, (laughs) right? Like, I do this every day, and preaching this has, uh, like, working towards this message has definitely illuminated how many times I have to move through these stages every day. And there are some things that take so much longer. So whatever it is for you, um, these are just a tool to be able to acknowledge where we are and where we want to be, Um, and to slow ourselves down from thinking that we're further than we are already. Um, So denial is the first stage where I don't admit that I'm hurt, right? Like Miles isn't sleeping and I am like, you know what, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, I'm not mad, it's gonna be fine. (laughs) And then anger does come, right? 45 minutes into the not sleeping thing, we are downstairs and I'm like, I cannot believe that I do not have the hour I need to finish my work, that I don't have this time, and that you are just going to be up and miserable for the next, like, four hours. (laughs) Like, why are we doing this? This is your fault, and I am hurt. (laughs) And then we move into bargaining, right, where it's like, okay, (laughs) if you aren't mean, (laughs) if you calm down, he, like, we were at the grocery store right before, and he was, like, eating through the plastic on a block of cheese, and I was like, oh, maybe he's hungry. Like, maybe that was part of this. And so I put him in his high chair, and he he eats half a block of cheese. I'm like, oh, okay, we were hungry. Got it. Um, And so in my mind, I'm like, well, if you go back to sleep after we eat, maybe I'll forgive you, which none of this is, like, this direct in my mind, but I think it applies. And then we move to depression where I'm just, like, really sad because he doesn't go back to eat after he eats. Um, And I'm like, this is my fault. Like, if I had fed you at the right time, (laughs) we could all be in a happier place. (laughs) Um, And then eventually, (laughs) he's sitting in his high chair, and the song Rockin' Robin comes on, and he is, like, clapping and doing the, like, tweet, tweet thing. (laughs) And I move into this place of acceptance um, where I am, like, I look forward to the growth. I love you. I love that even when you are miserable and tired, you think this is so fun. (laughs) And you're so excited to be with me. I guess I'm excited to be with you, too. (laughs) And so these five stages are really important, right, Um, that we can acknowledge that um, maybe right now my resentment still exists, and I still feel like this person hurt me because the reality of forgiveness is the person hurt you, right? And so being able to acknowledge this is how I'm feeling right now, and I long, God, please bring forgiveness. Jesus, please bring the forgiveness and the growth that can come from this experience. That doesn't mean that I um, refuse my own dignity or, like, am cheapening the dignity of the other person um, in order to achieve forgiveness. And so it's a beautiful day outside, and I don't want to be here forever. I want to go to the beach. (laughs) And I'm so grateful to be here with all of you and that you chose to come today. So I want to release you to go to the beach soon. Um, But we are going to just take some time um, to talk to Jesus about the things that are going on in our life. I love the story of the Emmaus Road, um, where Jesus appears to people who have been following him, Um, after he's been resurrected, but the people are kept from seeing him. They don't recognize 
Jesus. And Jesus does this beautiful job of teaching forgiveness to these disciples who are hurt. These people who have been following him, who had all of these expectations, um, they outline to him, like, they're like, Jesus, or to the guy walking down the road, they're like, how have you not heard what's happening? Are you the only person who doesn't know? And they outline their anger. They outline their depression, their loss of hope. And Jesus, in disguise to these people, offers a whole new way of seeing things. And he continues to walk with them. And by the, they get to Emmaus, and they say, Jesus, can you stay with us? Can you stay with us? We want to break bread together. And in the act of breaking bread and receiving communion, their hearts are warmed, and they realize what has been happening. And that is forgiveness, right? The journey they went on with Jesus, the walk that they had, their ability to be really honest with Jesus, um, even if they just didn't know it was him, <laughs> right? Their ability to be really honest and to allow Jesus to reframe the whole situation allows for transformation. And so um, we are going to read through the story together, and then I'm going to invite you to have a conversation um, with Jesus um, as a prayer um, about something that has hurt you. Um, and we're going to invite the worship team up to play some music in the background. Um, and we're going to start just by reading the story together. And if you want to close your eyes and imagine what's going on on the road, um, that would be great. And then I will guide you through the rest of the reflection as well. So this happens in Luke 24, 13 through 35. So picture yourself walking along the road um, with some other people. You are heartbroken. You're confused. For some of us, this might not be far from our current reality. Imagine what a dirt road might feel like, how long the journey has been. We don't know how far, um, you know, we've already walked, but we might already be tired. It says, now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked with them. But they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood, stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things? He asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in the world, in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all of this took place. In addition, some of the women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us, but they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found that it was just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish are you and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. 
As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened. They recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem, where they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. And so I just invite you um, to keep your eyes closed and imagine um, yourself with Jesus back on the road, starting at the beginning. And I just invite you to share a hurt that you have with Jesus. What happened? What was said? How did you feel? I love how the disciples are so specific in their details. Tell the things that hurt them, the things that they're still so unsure about. You can be honest with Jesus about the hurt because we don't want to rush forgiveness. And then, as you feel ready, allow Jesus to respond with how he feels about what happened to you. So Jesus, his face, his hands, his posture are always loving to Jesus. And if after Jesus has responded to you, can go back and say more. You can repeat those first two steps over and over and have a conversation about what happened until you feel understood. And then if you feel led, watch what Jesus if you feel led, only if you feel ready. Imagine how Jesus turns to that person. I want you to take a few deep breaths if you are with that person. And as you exhale, imagine breathing life. is arriving at a place where we wish nothing but the best. Not going back to where we were, but truly longing for Jesus and God 
all of the goodness in the world for that paper. And also for that goodness in West Franklin. And we'll just finish our time with Jesus by asking if there is a creative way to communicate with this person that might protect you and invite the person who hurt you to recognize what has happened. It's so tempting for us to return injustice by either allowing it to continue or by escalating to violence and returning it. But neither of those things restore human dignity. Might there be a creative way that Jesus offers you to communicate with this person. And so Jesus, we thank you that you look tenderly at us, um, that you are a person we can trust with our stories, that you do not rush us um, and expect us to reform and restore things um, without relying on your transformative power we want to see things how you see things. I love how you patiently walk through the story of the whole scriptures in fresh ways when we are hurt. You can show us new things. Forgiveness is our opportunity to see you, to rely on you, and to know you. And so, Jesus, we ask that you would make us forgiving people. We ask that you would make us a forgiving church would give us a kind of compassion and a kind of relationship with one another that makes a unique impact on this earth. We are so grateful that you listen to us. We are so grateful that you hear us. And we are so grateful that your forgiveness can extend through us, allowing for change in us, in our community, and in our world that desperately needs a way through our anger and Thank you all for being with us today. Um, I hope that you had a powerful time with Jesus in our worship and in our time of prayer. Um, and we bless you and send you into this beautiful day to be with people you love.